Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit MDGamblingHelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app. We're on Red Circle, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, also Five Reasons YouTube channel and Spotify. If you go to Five Reasons YouTube, you find all of our other content, including Pulse of Fins Nation, which was on tonight. Also, FiveReasonsSports.com. Spell that one out. And check out the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network. I'm going to mention both our fantasy and our gambling partners at the start here. Fantasy Prize Picks. Use the code 5FIVE. Get your initial deposit matched up to $100. We're doing shows all week long to get you ready for the Super Bowl. They got a free Patrick Mahomes square. Take advantage of it. Go to Prize Picks. Get that initial deposit matched up to $100. You got to use the code 5FIVE. You can play NFL and NBA together with NHL if you want as well. We got our guy Alex Baumgartner giving you all the picks and he was four for four the other night also check out better edge go to better edge that's with an o betteredge.com use the code 5rsn at that one 5rsn get 20 dollars to play this is peer-to-peer legal sports betting the other stuff you guys are doing is not legal this is legal you can find the line you want go to betteredge.com and we're running super bowl competitions there this week use the code 5rsn that's the number 5rsn when you go there and now tonight's episode Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, welcome back to Five on the Floor. Here's today's floor plan. i got Greg Sylvander. You can follow him at Greg Sylvander. I've got Alex Toledo. You can follow him at Tropical Blanket. We are just basically going to move this thing along a little bit. 
We're going to talk about some of the players that the Heat may be in on right now or could get in on, but we're going to start with the trade of the day. And of course, this was not a blockbuster, but we knew that Dwayne Dedman wouldn't be playing a whole bunch more for the Miami Heat. This was just a miraculously bad season for Mr. Dedman. Uh, came in two years ago. He played really well for them, I thought, as a backup center, coming kind of straight off the couch. There's a playoff game against Milwaukee that I swear to you, if you look back at it, he was the best player on the floor for the Heat. He was okay at times last season, and he was just abominable this season. And that was before the massage gun incident and everything else, where he only, I believe, played once after that. UD was getting minutes ahead of him. Uh, Spolstra didn't want to play him at all. It was pretty clear, and for good reason. He was a minus 11 net rating this season while playing 11 minutes a game. That is hard to do. He was minus 11 per 100 possessions, and essentially every, every time, every time, that Bam went out and Deadman came in, the Heat would fall behind by eight points. It was just, it was a given and they had to make it up. So the other part of the news today, as we get to the trade, and Greg, we'll talk about the ramifications of the trade, was that Orlando Robinson in practice said he's going to try to play through his injury. We thought that might be a month. So Orlando Robinson was trying to get a regular contract from the Heat, but that gave the Heat a little bit more flexibility, I think, to make this move today because they know that the guy who had replaced Deadman in the rotation will be available. Um, the trade itself, Dwayne Dedman and a second round pick for cash considerations. They also get a trade exception in the deal. We will talk about what that means. It's funny because you mentioned this on our off the floor feed uh, about a month ago when Dedman had the incident uh, with, the, with the massage cut. You said, send him to San Antonio tomorrow. It just took him a month. But the reason that the Spurs were the place is they are dumping ground for contracts right now because they're so far under the cap. So let's get to it. Uh, Greg, why make this trade today? Well, Brian Goins of Miami Heat Beat is a great resource, um, and he summed it up great on Twitter, so I'm going to steal a little bit of the the facts that he spewed about the Dwayne Dedman deal because it's a head-scratcher in a silo, but I think if we look at this more holistically, it could end up making more sense, but we have to see, obviously, what takes place. So they make this trade. They use a second round draft pick to get off of the Dwayne Dedman contract, which was a contract that was signed essentially to be traded. And this was a situation where they had to use an asset to get off of Dwayne Dedman's deal. But now instead of being about, you know, 150 K below the luxury tax, they're 4.86 million under the tax. So they have a little bit more flexibility in trades where you can, uh, you know, bring back 125% of the salaries in or out. Like now they can maybe bring back a little bit more salary than they send out and they have the wiggle room to stay under the tax. They also have the two roster spots open. They, they have to add a 14th player. I assume that's going to be Orlando Robinson, but for him to play through what he's doing, I think that's going to earn him a spot. And then the, this is the other thing about this. If they do not find a trade that they like here, they also now in the buyout market can use their base annual exception or um, a portion of their mid-level and still stay under the tax if there's a bidding war for a player that were to get bought out. Um, so, so to me, this only makes sense if another move is coming. Otherwise, the Dwayne Dedman signing was really poor asset management. But I'm holding out judgment until we see what happens by Thursday. Yeah, holding out judgment would be a good thing to do today because uh, I saw, and Alex, you talk about staying off of Heat Twitter in times like this, but everybody's panicking 
because they're, and they're looking back to the Myers Leonard situation where he was basically signed to be a contract, they ended up dumping him for Trevor Reza. But, you know, the whole idea is, again, the Heat don't know what they're doing. This is what was the this was the common thread, you know, at the very beginning here. I think some people were celebrating that Spolcher wasn't going to use Deadman anymore. But other than that, it was the Heat don't know what they're doing because they signed this guy to be a contract to include in a trade. And now they're not including him in a trade. But it looks like they are at least using the contract to facilitate flexibility to make another trade. So do you come down on this the same place that I guess Greg does where and I do? Where, okay, if you if you did this to do something else, then again, we should reserve judgment until that something else occurs. And maybe it was a wise move to do this and also to sign Deadman to that contract, although obviously you didn't want him to play as much as he did. Uh, but or or if they don't end up doing something else, then this is a disaster. Yeah, pretty much. I'm, I'm more or less right there with with Leif and pretty much all of that. Like, I think. um the Deadman contract this offseason was ideally supposed to be something that he just, you know, was part of a bigger deal. I don't, you know, I don't think they expected him to be as bad as he was. Obviously, he was playing through plantar fasciitis, was aging a bit, and just didn't look as solid as he has in other seasons. I'm trying to be generous here. But <laughs> really all, all that has to be said is they traded this guy, this seven-footer, you know, in a time where um, – Haslam is their only other available backup five, right? Like with right. Orlando Robinson and his fractured hand, um, Omer coming back from surgery, you know, them trading Deadman along with a second round pick for nothing in return should tell you all about, you know, how effective he's been <laughs> so far this season. So that's where it's going to end, <laughs> right? Like we can give him credit for what he's done in the past. That's just the way that it's been this season. So I don't think ideally that he wanted to have to attach a second to move him. But yes, like you're kind of doing the same thing that you signed him for, except just kind of in a different way, right? You know what I mean? Like you're you're trading Deadman, and essentially what you would get back for in a trade by using Deadman's contract uh, without having done this, it's going to be the same thing now, except now you kind of have a little bit more flexibility. You don't have to worry about what another team, you know, does or doesn't want Deadman. And, you know, the likely fact of the matter is other teams probably didn't want him. So now you can kind of move forward without having to, kind of ask a team to take on a guy like that where the Spurs just had like 25 million or so in cap room before the deal. So they could just absorb him without taking any, you know, it's, it's not going to affect anything for them. They're the worst team in the league. So it just makes a lot of sense. And yeah, I, I think like this does set up another move and I'm expecting another move. I, I think it would be extremely disappointing if they came out from this without having made some sort of move to bolster their rotation, right? Whether, you know, there's different degrees to it, but you know, if we're being real about it, there is a, a, you know, a scenario where this just helps them create flexibility for something in the summer and, and they uh, don't do anything. Oh, nobody wants to hear that. No. Nobody no. wants to hear that. I, I'm just no, trying, I'm, I'm Alex, I'm cutting you off right of there because, Alex, nobody wants to hear that, I, that nobody's going to tolerate that. Look, I, I, I think oh, let, let's, get into, let's get into the mechanics of what they actually received here because then we're going to get into some of the players that they might go after because I think Heat fans are more interested in that than us pontificating about Dwayne Dedman for 20 minutes. I – the, the trade exception that they got, Greg, it's good for a year. It, it just happens to fit some players that are out there potentially on the market, right? Yeah, a guy like Grant Williams, um, who I've reported interest in a couple times, um, and it doesn't make much sense because it's Boston and you just it's counterintuitive to think about a trade with the Celtics, but if they don't want to pay him, this trade exception in theory 
you could absorb Grant Williams into that exception. And basically that would save a ton of money on Boston side. For instance, this is just an example because it would, they, they wouldn't be receiving a Dwayne Dedman in return. So they would just essentially wipe his salary and the tax ramifications right off their payroll. So there is that chance, but ultimately I would expect it to be a bigger move that involves Kyle Lowry or Duncan Robinson or both. And then that's where maybe having that extra 4 million of flexibility to take on a little bit more, you end up with a little bit better player coming back. Haven't they let most of their trade exceptions expire in recent years? They have. Correct. Okay. Okay. So, I mean, it could be used. It's unlikely if we go by history. Right, but it, but it may not be used. Okay, so the, the other thing is that they get $5 million in the tax line. It gives them more flexibility. On a short-term basis here, with three games against subpar teams coming up that the Heat need to win before the All-Star break, they are really shorthanded. Okay, like, I mean, well, again, Deadman was not a big factor for them, but they don't have Deadman. Orlando Robinson's playing through injury. There are other guys that are out. In fact, we're going to get to at the break here. Uh, who may be out tomorrow. I want to go through that list because they're, they may be down to like nine or 10 guys over the next uh, over the next three games again while they're in the process of making these moves. And again, if you've got to make a move, you got to make a move. You get out ahead of it three days before the deadline. I get it. Uh, but uh, again, this is another reason why I think Heat fans are going to be frustrated if nothing is done. I do want to talk about the potential, uh, the injury situation here. We're going to do that. Uh, Eric Rubenstein, our injury attorney, our personal injury attorney. Check him out at ericrubenstein.com. The Eric Rubenstein Injury Report is brought to you by ericrubenstein.com. He went to St. Thomas University, magna cum laude. He's the guy to go to if you got a slip and fall, a car accident, medical malpractice, any of that kind of stuff. He will help get you your money. He's also a huge Miami Heat fan. So reach out to him at 954-829-ERIC. That's 954-829-ERIC or ericrubenstein.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, maybe check the stats of the latest Miami Heat game? I've got a better idea. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I've benefited from therapy. I went through some life changes, major life events, had some difficulties, wasn't a believer in therapy, but it helped me and it can help you also. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Miami Heat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Miami Heat. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't 
don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit MDGamblingHelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Before we get to the rest of the details about where this thing may go transaction-wise, the injury report, uh, Greg and, and Alex, fill me in again today on what's uh, – Orlando Robinson is going to try to play through this thing, right? Oladipo looks like he's out again tomorrow. That's correct. And then also Kyle Lowry, as you mentioned and alluded to, they've said he'll he'll be out for definitely the next three games and then reevaluated, and that could extend beyond that time. So I think that that obviously is buying them time while this noise is – as as loud as ever but you're right like they could be down to nine guys it could be even less than that because i'm not sure if anyone else could sit out of nowhere that happens frequently where you have a guy that gets tagged all of a sudden so to me it it, it makes it a little weird heading into these next few games you would expect them to convert orlando robinson's contract really soon because i think they have to carry 14 so they can't go um, very long without bringing, you know, getting another standard contract on the books. All right. And so let's get to Kyle Lowry here uh, before we go forward, because this plays into potential trades. So Kyle Lowry is going to sit at least the next three games. He mentioned that he was going to get his knee checked out. We all know how poorly he's played of late. We all talked about the fact that the Herald put out a piece saying that he were open to trading Kyle Lowry. I said that that sounded to me like it was coming from inside the house. That's not the type of thing that the heat typically leak, but nobody shot it down today. Like they did the last time that Lowry's name was out there about a year ago. And so, you know, there's so much noise around Kyle Lowry at this point. I had someone uh, who's fairly close to the team say to me today, I'm expecting Kyle to get traded. Okay, and this is somebody who is a supporter of Kyle Lowry said, I'm expecting Kyle to get traded. Uh, I'll go to Alex after this, but I just want to pivot to Greg on this one more thing. Are you expecting Kyle Lowry to get traded now? I really am. I don't know that there's coming back from this. And just also to your point earlier about them dispelling rumors in the past, for that to get so loud and for nothing to come out behind it and it just to kind of sit there dead to me that signals that there is definitely a strain on the relationship so i don't know how you go forward in good faith maybe they're able to just be professionals about it and i wouldn't doubt that their ability to do that but it feels a little beyond that and maybe some of what wasn't said prior is finally just you know sitting and and marinating to the point that I'm expecting him to probably get traded. Um, I know that that's weak to not just be like, okay, this is what's happening, but these things change quickly. I don't think there's any coming back from this. And I think the fan base feels the same. So now that we look at that, we say Kyle Lowry is likely going to get traded. I I think we're in agreement on that. Um, They have this extra space now because of Deadman being gone. They've dealt a second round pick, but they've picked up this trade exception. I'm looking at Toronto right now. Uh, and I know we've talked about some of these other teams. I talked about Toronto this morning, Utah, uh, the Clippers, Minnesota, some of the teams that may be in the mix with Miami. 
I think Toronto holds all the cards right now. It, it's, you know, they have Siakam, they have Ananobi. I, I've said before how much the Heat love Ananobi. Okay, they they would have loved to have drafted him. Uh, I, I think I was actually not generous enough when I said this today, where I said that there are some inside the Heat organization who think he's a top 20 two-way player in the league. They actually think he's better than that. Um, and, and there's a view that he could be a perfect kind of small ball for sort of a big next to Bam, as we talk about. Um, I, I guess, Alex, would that be your target right now? I mean, OG is probably the the prime guy that we know is available right now. So I agree with you that the Raptors hold all the cards, not just because of him, but as you said, also Siakam. It's not, you know, it's not as clear whether or not they're going to move on from him, although he is an older star. He's in the peak of his career. So, you know, obviously a big-time player that could get moved. They also have Van Fleeting, Gary Trent, who've kind of, you know, there's been smoke about them getting moved. I don't know how many of these guys they do or don't trade, but it seems like OG is the most likely one to get dealt um and look i think og would be an incredible fit right like i think he doesn't solve your offense and shooting issues but he fits that role perfectly it's like you know if you got pj tucker except he except he can guard just about everybody in the league is what 24 25 years old and og has gotten better as a scorer over the years like i'm not saying he's some big time scorer for you but he can give you some of his own like self-created buckets uh you know some in-between shots and like like he is the best three and d wing in the league right i i don't just off the top of my head i can't come up with somebody who fits that role better you know the strength that he brings he is one of i don't know maybe the five or ten best defenders in the league he's somewhere in that range like he is elite at what he does and has grown over the years like you said the heat have loved him in the past so it just seems like somebody that they would love to go after now i'm just not sure how much of their draft capital they're actually willing to uh, give up for OG. Like, I don't know, would they be into something where you got to give up to um, maybe weekly protected first uh, along with Jovic and That's then Kyle Lowry? Yeah. Like, I don't know if they're into that price, but I, I, you know, I'm definitely not surprised that they love him. I think it would be a great fit. Like, again, it doesn't solve your offense issues, but that's somebody that fits now or in the future. Like it, it fits both timelines almost perfectly. Greg, if, if they are willing to give up Jovic at this point, if they're willing to give up the future first, then this is the kind of player I think they would give him up for because it's – we're talking about these windows, right? So we've talked so much about Jimmy's window, but we are entering into the start of Bam's window, and you would be adding a player who is, what, 25 years old, uh, who already has, you know, uh, played in big-time games uh, with a very, very good team, who can play multiple positions, who's known to be coachable, who plays both ways, obviously, because he's an elite defender. Uh, It does seem like this would be a final piece type move for them where you'd say, okay, we'll give up on the potential of Jovic. We'll give up this first round pick and we'll give up uh, other things that we need. Now, I, I, I guess my question is, Toronto's not that easy to deal with, Greg. Like, I mean, Masai doesn't lose trades. Like, he didn't lose the trade to the Heat either, by the way. The, he he now, didn't lose Kyle Lowry trade to the Heat. And uh, he he knew he knew you know at that stage you know Kyle wasn't wasn't really looking to return to, to Toronto because they were supposedly more in rebuilding mode. But I mean I I think he knew Kyle was in decline at that point, and he got a player in Precious who I don't think the Heat are regretting giving up. But he's become a better player since he's left, which doesn't happen a lot with guys who leave the Heat. So I mean, h- how do you make this interesting to Toronto? I think for Heat fans in particular, uh, but also just generally speaking, 
when it starts to hurt, when you start to go, oh gosh, are you serious? That's how much it's going to cost. That's when we're getting in the territory where I think we're talking a fair deal. As long as we're feeling good about things, that means it's not enough. So to me, it may end up being that you have to put a Max Struess or a Gabe Vincent in a deal because Toronto is still trying to find pieces around whatever they're building. I don't know how much they strip it down. If all of a sudden you hear that Siakam is traded to Brooklyn, for instance, then that could signal that they're going in a completely different direction and who knows what they value more playoff contributors or assets uh, just generally speaking, you know, so there's, they have a lot of moving parts still, but I think that they would be a team that would be interested in having good role players. So, you know, all of a sudden it is Yurt a guy that has to get thrown into something. He's all of a sudden healthy Gabe, Max, Jovic, as you mentioned. And then what if it takes, you know, two picks on top of Jovic? So you're essentially sending three first round picks. That's the kind of stuff where, I think that's what it's going to cost to bid with these other teams. They know that the Heat's draft picks are not going to be top, top picks. So I think that that comes with some level of maybe you have to lose some protections, as Alex alluded to. Yeah, and we've talked about how the Heat are disadvantaged in the sense that some of their players, most of their players don't get better after they leave. Other teams know that. And also teams know that the Heat don't tank. So their picks don't have great value going forward because they're they're usually going to be in the twenties. I, I I'm I'm all in on the Ananobi thing. I I I don't know that they can get him, but I do think that you can fit pieces around him, Jimmy and Bam. Uh, and again, I would anticipate that Tyler's still going to be here. So if that's the case, then you've got four fifths of your your core going forward. I, I would be all in on that. I think John Collins to me, which is the other name that kind of gets talked about. And I know he's a bit of a diminished asset at this point. I don't know that I'm all in on the John Collins prospect. I want to get to some of the other stuff that was out there today. I know that Barry had a report about them being interested in Darius. Uh, I never pronounce his name correctly. Sarich or it's um, you got it right. I got it right. I always get it wrong. Uh, has he done anything the past three years? Cause I, he used to no. kill the heat, right? Like, I don't, uh, I mean, he, I he guess, would be like a stretch big three years ago. I guess like the hope trafficker in me could try to present you with a case where that's a good move, but that would be pretty underwhelming if you make this moves and like, that's the guy that you get. Uh, there was also a lot of talk of like now not having any mid-sized contracts, but Dwayne Dedman was a mid-sized contract. So they just had one. So I don't know why we're valuing those all of a sudden, but I think it's going to come down to, uh, circling back to a Jay Crowder, looking at Jared Vanderbilt, Kelly Olenek. Um, those are kind of the next tier down from if you can get in the big sweepstakes of a player like OG Ananobi. And I think that that may be a bigger deal, right? Where maybe it involves you having to take a Gary Trent Jr. or a player from a third team because you're having to swap so much salary to actually make that trade work for everyone. So it's hard to really project a deal, but I think on that smaller scale, you're looking at the Jay Crowders. I'm watching Phoenix. I'm watching Utah. Um, and then, you know, you can't deny that that Grant Williams situation in Boston, PJ Washington and Charlotte, those are situations where they may not want to retain guys. So those are players to watch as well. Alex, of everything else that was out there today, and just a lot of rumors, there was nothing really definitive. I mean, the only thing that really happened was Isaiah Thomas, I guess, is joining James Jones in Phoenix, which is interesting. Was there anything else that caught your eye today? No, 
um, it was just cool to see the Heat kind of get going with their trade deadline week. And, you know, you guys were on point. I think it was Leif who was saying, you know, what he would not be surprised if there was a kind of a trade uh, during these games. I mean, these days where the Heat have no games. And he was right on about that. And now, you know, we kind of wait to see what happens. Like, other than that, it's been kind of the same names that we've been talking about forever. I'm, I'm with you on Collins, like, not against him completely. I just wouldn't give up a lot for him. I think he's kind of okay on both ends. Same for P.J. Washington. They're different players, but um, those those are young players who would fit. They're not essentially – like, they're not taking you to the next level uh, pieces, but they're – it's cool from a team-building perspective. I'm You know, Vanderbilt, Kelly, all those guys are cool to me. The Sarge thing to me, when I saw it, immediately what came to mind wasn't, oh, the Heat are interested in trading for Sarge on his own. It's more like, eh, they probably wouldn't mind taking him back in, in a deal – for somebody else. But as we've seen before, they probably don't want to give up like a Caleb for a, a Jay Crowder. Right. But, you know, in a, in a hypothetical Crowder plus Sarich type of uh, deal, I could see them going for something like that. If they could yeah. figure it out with their third team, you know, for example. Greg, do you see any scenario where a bunch of guys are shipped out? I mean, if you buy a bunch of guys, it could be Duncan and, and Kyle. I think that there's worlds. And, and where... Max maybe. Or Caleb? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Caleb, I don't think so. I, I have a feeling, although they may be pressed in that regard, that they probably want to keep him around as a cost control player that, you know, really is outplaying his value at this exact moment. Um, I would um, I would imagine it's probably going to cost you Max or Gabe, one of those guys that's not locked in long term. Um, but yeah, I, I would expect them, if they're going to actually do this, to, to do it. And that, to me would be like taking Lowry and Duncan and attaching some assets and going, going shopping and seeing what you could get and really try to do what they've done previously around Shaq and Dwayne or around. Um, well, I mean, I guess that, that that's the biggest one I can think of right off the top of my head, cause, just because of the parallels of having to basically uh, completely build a new core around those guys. Cause that's what this is going to take to turn this around. You know, it's fascinating. The, uh, Bet online, we get these emails from them. They're promotional emails, and they put out. Uh, I think there was ten to twelve players where they put the odds of of what team they would end up with if they changed teams. Right. So Durant's on there. All the John Collins is on there, and the ones that for some reason the Heat were associated with were the Bulls players. Uh, DeRozan. I don't know if they were on there for Vucevic, but DeRozan and Zach Levine, they were yeah, considered Levine for to sure. be top three for Zach Levine. I, I mean, we haven't discussed that a lot since the summer, right? Like, No, it's nothing I've heard, so that means it's inevitably going to be what takes place because that's <laughs> just the way the universe laughs at me. But um, that would be an interesting wrinkle that I had not considered Zach Levine. Alex would be better at the basketball side of it. I know he's an explosive scorer. I don't, I mean, I'll take any talent upgrade. So, I mean, you know, you're kind of at the point where beggars can't be choosers to some degree. Bad knee though, and doesn't really defend, right, Alex? I mean, he's a better defender than Tyler, uh, He, yeah. but that's not saying much, right? The, the the bar is low there. And I'm not trying to talk down on Tyler. It just is what it is. Like he's made improvements. He just, you know, his body is what it is, like I said. But no, the Zach thing doesn't seem realistic to me that that kind of was um, – confusing me too just because he makes so much money i don't have the figure in front of me but i'm pretty sure it's upwards of 40 something mil and like so what are the heat gonna do kyle and duncan 
plus like some picks for Zach Levine. Other than that, I don't see any sort of scenario because we know they're not going to do Tyler for him. Like, even if you think Zach is better, which at his peak, he's definitely been better than Tyler. Again, not to talk down on Tyler. I'm just saying uh, when Zach Levine has gone going, he's looked like he could be kind of a, you know, a low level all-star player, three level score, very athletic, but yeah, he's had the knee issues and he's kind of declined a little bit since Uh, just, you know, he was at the top of his game before. Now let's say he's around 85% of it. So yeah, he's like an interesting on his own, but when, like once you start going over the context, how to make it happen, it's just very confusing. The Vucevic one actually seems a little bit more realistic just because he's an expiring contract at 22 mil. Um, So if you could somehow figure out something around Duncan, I just don't know like what the bulls would be taking for him. So like, do they want to take on Duncan's contract to get off Vucevic who's an expiring? So all of these things just seem a little bit unrealistic, like Vucevic off the bench will kind of be, a luxury, right? You could theoretically play him next to Bam. Maybe it's not your starting front court, but that's kind of just an interesting kind of uh, thing that we, you know, we haven't necessarily talked about. But the Bulls are, I, I think, are still in the playing mix. So I'm not really sure what's what's going on with them and if they're going to sell. They're also not a team that likes to sell because of their market. I, so typically they they don't sell a whole lot. They also have difficulty getting free agents to come there for whatever reason. The one thing I'll say about the deadline, I know Greg, you said guys come out of nowhere. But I even think back to the the Lowry acquisition, well, excuse me, the old Depot acquisition. Like we were right on that. Like we knew what was going to happen at that stage. Like I, I feel like we don't have as much of a handle on it this time because the league is so strange this time yeah. around. But like we knew they were going after Kyle, and if they didn't get Kyle, they were going to pivot back to Oladipo, and we nailed it the night before. And that's exactly what they did. Like ten minutes left in the deadline, they finalized the Oladipo deal. Right? They got him from Houston. I don't. I don't have as much of a sense of what they're up to this time because I don't know what other teams are up to. I don't know. I usually I get a lot of information, you know, just talking to people around the league and and other teams and what they might be doing. And then it's like, Oh, we talked to the heat about this. I, I don't get that sense. I, I I just think it's, it's just such a strange year. Like there's no, there's no clear contender in the league. Nobody really fears the teams at the top. There's a lot of teams around 500 that were supposed to be better. I, there's teams like Minnesota that went all in this summer and they're kind of average. So you don't know which way they're going to go. You don't know which way the bulls are going to go. The Raptors are not a team that typically sells off. Like it's just, it's weird. So I don't know exactly what's going to happen. I think that's the thing. So we will try to keep you updated as much as possible. EricRubenstein.com. Check him out. A personal injury attorney, betteredge.com. Use the code five RSN prize picks. Use the code five F I V E. But the one thing I think we all agree on is OG Ananobi would seriously upgrade this team now and into the future. So let's, Let's see if they can get that done. Have a good night, everybody. Thank you for listening to The Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network.